Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word endures forever. Let us pray that we might hear God's voice. Spirit of Emmanuel, overshadow us in the proclaiming of your word. To our confusion, bring wisdom. To our darkness, your dawn. To our restlessness, Jesse's root. To our locked doors, David's key. To us and to every nation, speak your challenge and blessing. Amen. A reading from the book of Joshua. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel and Shechem. He summoned the elders of Israel, its leaders, judges, and officers. They presented themselves before God. Then Joshua said to the entire people, this is what Adonai, the God of Israel says, long ago, your ancestors lived on the other side of the Euphrates. They served other gods. Among them was Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor. I took Abraham, your ancestor, from the other side of the Euphrates. I led him around through the whole land of Canaan. I added to his descendants and gave him Isaac. Joshua said, so now review Adonai, Adonai, serve Adonai honestly and faithfully. Put aside the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates in Egypt and serve Adonai. But if it seems wrong in your opinion to serve Adonai, then choose today whom you will serve. Choose the gods whom your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But my family and I will serve Adonai. Then the people answered, God forbid that we ever leave Adonai to serve other gods. Adonai is our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Adonai has done these mighty signs in our sight and has protected us the whole way we've gone and in all the nations through which we've passed. Adonai has driven out all the nations before us, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too serve Adonai because Adonai is our God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten young bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now five of them were wise, and the other five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't bring oil for them. But the wise ones took their lamps and also brought containers of oil. When the groom was late in coming, they all became drowsy and went to sleep. But at midnight, there was a cry, look, the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the foolish bridesmaids said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps have gone out. But the wise bridesmaids replied, no, because if we share with you, there won't be enough for our lamps and yours. We have a better idea. You go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, 
the groom came. Those who were ready went with him into the wedding. Then the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came and said, sir, sir, open the door for us. But the bridegroom replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep alert because you don't know the day or the hour. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A few days ago, my high school classmate's three-year-old daughter asked her, Mama, when are you going to stop watching the map show? Dina had to laugh at her daughter's perspective. To a toddler, what is election analysis except a map of reds and blues? And Dina's from the suburbs of Philadelphia. There was no way she was going to miss who the next president would be. That was Thursday. The nation had already been tuning into the map show for three days, watching numbers from Nevada, Georgia, and Pennsylvania come in at about the pace of paint drying. Meanwhile, I turned on NPR, filling my head with the purr of political chatter. What were we all waiting for? For the results of the presidential election, yes, but something else, too. It was as if by squinting our eyes at the reds and blues, we might see an image emerge, like one of those magic eye books from the 90s. We might be able to glimpse the future. We could count this week as practice for waiting and watching for the coming kingdom. In this story of Jesus, one of the last stories that he told before his death, we hear the urgency in his voice, keep alert. But there's another voice too, speaking in and around the parable. We've heard it all week, whispering underneath the punditry and poll watching. When Jesus says, keep alert, that voice adds, or else. When the bridesmaids who expected the groom to be on time for his own wedding ask for help, that voice ratchets up anxiety. No, no, if we share with you, there won't be enough. This is the voice of our old enemy, scarcity. Busy drawing distinctions like wise and foolish, smart and stupid, winners and losers, better than you, and a shameful failure. Choose today whom you will serve, 
Joshua's voice echoes across the centuries. Too often, Christians have chosen to serve scarcity, the false god of not enough. Maybe you can recognize the worship of scarcity. That false god sets up sanctuaries with insiders and outsiders. If the outsiders want to come in, then they'll have to accept the insider's terms, speak our language, go along with our way of doing things, keep others out. Or perhaps you've witnessed sacrifices made to that false god, like when winery staff are pushed to tears by one customer after another berating them for their COVID restrictions. What do you mean I can't sit my party of nine together? Or maybe you've heard anxious prayers. What if, what if, what if? Personally, I am most tempted by that false God's calendar. I want to know the future, the day and the hour. Thank you very much. No offense, Jesus, but your parable doesn't tell me what to expect out of Washington or Albany or the market. Scarcity's got that covered. Prepare for the worst. Scarcity grins wide at Joshua's words, cross-stitched and cute. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That false god is chuckling because it specializes in me and my house and will gladly take the Lord's place. Scarcity is a false god. We have seen its divinity dry up this year. Any future that scarcity tried to secure has crumbled away. The best it can do is shout over the warnings from doctors about holding big holiday gatherings. The best it can do is to sow doubts about our democratic process. So what about God's future? What security can the unexpected one provide? Well, not much in the way of me and my house, but God's future the kingdom about which Jesus speaks, the world for which we wait, holds out the possibility of deep and wide transformation. God's future is a wedding banquet where a lavish feast is spread. God's future gathers up every so-called outsider and surprises every so-called insider. In God's future, the groom is longing to see us. 
when I imagine Jesus telling this story, I hear air quotes around the words wise and foolish. The wise bridesmaids are fixated on oil. There won't be enough. There couldn't be enough. The foolish bridesmaids get sucked into scarcity's scheme, searching the city for a midnight market where they can get what the wise ones said they needed. And when they return, empty-handed, I imagine, the groom's words crack open their hearts and ours. I tell you the truth. I don't know you, as in I came and you weren't here. It was never about the oil. It was never about being the perfect bridesmaid. In the kingdom of heaven, it's always about relationship. My friend Kara grew up in a house where the worst thing a visitor could do was simply drop in. The shame surrounding a messy house stayed with her as a given, a fact of life. But then as a young adult, she got to know a family who loved the drop-in. They wanted people to stop by any time, Kara writes, and they were completely intriguing to me because they didn't need to have the house in perfect order to sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee with you. They had young kids and their house was often a mess, but that didn't stop them for a second from being present and hospitable, from making you feel like the best part of their day just might be the moment when you dropped in. We have no idea when the kingdom will arrive, when the groom will drop in. If you are prepared, oil in your lamps, coffee in the pot, prayers on your lips, that's great. But if you're not prepared for whatever reason, Show up anyways. Show up just as you are. Because it's not the false god security that can make good on our future. It is Adonai, the God who freed the enslaved and who assures us that there is enough. It is holy love who longs to see you even when the lights go out. The truth is God shows up all the time, every day, and more often than not, we miss it. A friend and former Marine recently shared with me 
an alarming statistic. Each day, 22 veterans take their own lives. This is the toll of trauma. These are the wages of war. Soldiers who survived armed conflict overseas, only to die on US soil. I learned this because my dear friend took me back to a night a few years after his tour in Afghanistan. He's sitting on a dock, overlooking the river where he grew up. In one hand, a bottle of whiskey. In another, a loaded pistol. And in his head, the sorrows rotate steadily. The turmoil of his deployment, the broken relationships with friends and family, the girlfriend who gave up on them. And now, now just when he thought he was getting the pieces of his life put back together, just when he felt like he was doing better, he's been hit with a DUI. After spending a day in jail, his dad bailed him out. What's happened to you, he asks. What's wrong with you? Sitting on the dock, hope is long gone. There is no way out. The pain is too deep. The burden is just too heavy. Knowing that all of this can end in a split second, my friend, my brother, just sits and drinks, reminiscing about his life. I wanted to enjoy my last few moments on my own terms, he told me. In the stillness of the midnight air, there on the dock, God showed up. For the first time in two years, my friend experienced God's presence. All at once, there was a warm, loving feeling that I cannot explain. He wasn't waiting for God. In fact, he had decided that he didn't have a place for God, and he wasn't looking to make friends anytime soon. But God showed up. Holy love longs to see us, even when the lights go out. I cherish my friend. It is a privilege to carry his story, to be trusted with it. When I heard his story, the pattern of his life came into sharp focus. You see, my friend is action-oriented, always on the move, 
forming partnerships between his church and area organizations aimed at improving the lives of the people in his town. My friend has met the God of Israel and trusts in God's future so much so that he has made it his business to live out that future today. Choose today whom you will serve. Today, let us choose to serve the God of liberation, the God of love. Over the next weeks, the next seven weeks of our Advent journey, let us recommit to God's future let that coming kingdom inspire our hope to reshape our country's politics in the image of mercy and justice and healing. Let that wedding feast spread for all, set our minds ablaze with dreams of nourishing our community. Friends, take heart. Christ, our beloved, longs to see us and will come with grace enough to transform our weary world. For such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God. Our ending and our beginning, our past and our promise, our judge and our hope. Amen. <laughs>